We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's episode, the episode is available on the YouTube channel. Check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash veteransminimum. I also put out a video late last night talking about the Jamal Adams trade. You're not going to hear about that on this podcast because this was pre-recorded. And for all of you members of the Patreon, you have already heard this. I hope you are listening to some of the extra content that is on there. As of August 1st, we are changing the Patreon. Not so different from what's been happening, but it's going into full effect uh, coming up August 1st. So definitely go and check that out. Support for the show goes there. I have found a place to move the podcast to. A studio space so any contributions to the show whether you hit these sponsors hit these ads hit the patreon if you support the brand i got some really dope shit planned and my vision for this show is going to take it to the next level if you guys trust in me and want to help the brand grow visit the patreon check out some of the dope shit that we have over there and let's get into this episode afc south preview with a double l e n baby Respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and is ready to kill. Yeah. Homie, go finish your meal. 
Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. My guy, A-double-L-E-N, Bay Bay in the building. I see you, Croatia. Yeah, taste the two-year anniversary. Oh, man. What a final. Even though they fell short, still, what a day. Well, a very improbable run by them. Yeah, still brings a tear in my eye. Dude, where would you rank that as far as your favorite sports memories? Number one. Number one, right? It has to be. Now, let me ask you this. Falcons make the Super Bowl. Croatia makes the World Cup. Which one would have gotten you happier? Croatia. But I would say more devastating was the Falcons. Yeah, well, with the Falcons, they were winning the whole game. And then we all know. I think, I'm not sure who was favored going to that matchup with the Patriots, but given the circumstances, and I just had a way bigger feeling. Like, look, I'm the biggest Croatia homer, but I knew it was a taller facing France. Given the situation, like France outside the Argentina match, which was crazy, they didn't really concede. Like they shut out Belgium, Uruguay, Peru. Like they were so dominant during World Cup. So my expectations were low for that. For Falcons, I was thinking, all right, they could really pull us off because they were just so dominant. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would say the Falcons lost slightly more devastating. But Croatia run was just given the. I watched that game. I watched each game with like 50, 100 Croatians. It was just, it's a whole different landscape, whole different, you know, time to be alive there. Did you run into David Deal throughout this? No, I've been running to David <laughs> Deal since Euro 2012. Oh, man. It's a, it's a very unfortunate story, which, uh, yeah, less of the better. Dude, <laughs> I I used to, well, the guys and I, th- this bar underneath the train on, not Steinway, but like on 31st Street. So I'm pretty sure it was a Croatian bar. I forgot the name of it, but it was a bar where Saturday nights they'd have beer pong tournaments. And the winning team would get a $100 bar tab. And the coolest thing about it was the way it worked is everyone would sign up, right? So say you and I were on a team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, let's say Mike and Greg are next. Mm-hmm. Or we play Mike and Greg. Well, the first game, we have a pitcher. Mike and Greg have a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And you fill up your beers. And then when we win, well, if we win, say Steve and Joe got next, they would provide the beers for us. Man. So if you get hot, dude, I would play with Espo. Espo's really good. Espo is really good. He cheats. All right. That cocksucker <laughs> cheats. But when he's on your team, you live with it. Yeah. He's a big leaner. You I know? maybe I've noticed it. Yeah. So, dude, I can't tell you. We won it like there was one summer where we went every Saturday. We would yeah. go every single Saturday. This was peak heavy lamb. I was pushing okay. like close to two forty. Oh damn. So I was tossing back mm-hmm. cold ones. But the coolest thing about it was, yo, you would go there and we would go with like 30 bucks and then we'd win the bar tab and then just take shots and like all the guys were there too so eventually we're just all drinking for free but man beer pong tournaments that's uh when's the last time you played pong honestly when we were in pa maybe oh shit that was about a year ago i think so i can't really recall anything else it's hard now man people don't really throw house parties yeah well i mean (laughs) well now now but even like i'm talking the fall whatever yeah. yeah Well, also, you know, like, I'm going to be 30 in March, so I don't know how true. many house parties I could be going to. Nowadays. Or even barbecues for that matter. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, COVID really fucked up the whole summer plans, but mm-hmm. that's that's everybody going through it. Um, all right, man. Let's talk about this. AFC South. Fun division. Fun division. A division which this time last year I was very excited about. Mind you, Andrew Luck was going into the season. He was supposed to be the quarterback. I had ran through all my predictions because, you know, I really start diving into football after Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. That's when everyone has done. The draft is over. Free agency is over. 
everyone has shown up to OTAs, mini camps. You, you have an idea of what's up, coach speak, right. player talk. Rotor World headlines. Yeah, and then everyone's in the best shape <laughs> they've ever been in. So I start my research there, and dude, I just remember I fucking had to scrap everything about a week before I recorded the preview show with the guys last year because Andrew Luck retires. I remember the recliner recliner that's right behind you. I'm sitting over there, and my phone blows up. Blows up because, you know, I was an Andrew Luck truther since like 2010. Yeah. So... That happens, and it it really alters, I think, the course of history in the NFL. Because I think that Colts team, how it was uh, constructed, the way it was going into that year, they were my Super Bowl pick. They finally had the offensive line in place, which is very fitting for the offensive line they have in place now. Mm -hmm. But you looked at everything, they've been really, really good at the draft the last couple of years under Chris Ballard, (laughs) not Grigson. Yeah, we know that. (laughs) So I liked what they were doing. I liked Frank Wright Mm -hmm. as a head coach on awesome dynamic with Andrew Luck. Mm -hmm. And then you also had the Texans, Watson, that whole roster. We always were talking about the Texans for many years, how all they needed was a quarterback. They finally got a quarterback. Mm -hmm. The Titans were like... It was Mario's make-or-break year, and Mario still had that intrigue. I know he's obviously falling off now, but there was still somewhat of a buzz about Mario. as like, can he finally do it? Because there's been enough glimpses there that made you think, okay, this could be your... Proved to be wrong, but yeah. And then also there was there was a lot of buzz about the Jaguars. Let's not forget they had signed Nick Foles. A lot of people felt the same way about Jacksonville. Like, yo, this team was just in the AFC title game not too long they still ago. Still had their stars defensively. Still had all their stars outside yeah. of uh, Telvin Smith, who had retired right, right, right. prior to last season. And then you're saying to yourself, yo, you add an experienced quarterback and Nick Foles over there. They paid him big money, roughly twenty million dollars a year. So there was a legit case to make that everyone was live in that division. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, it's a two-team race. I mean, I know the Colts were kind of floating around a little bit. They beat Kansas City last year. They did. Very, very bizarre Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah. And that was with uh, Brissett at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, remember the Chiefs were like a 13-point favorite? It was a very, very shocking loss. But how are you feeling about this division coming into 2020? I don't think it's very good quality-wise, but I think it's entertained just because all four teams have something going on. You look at, okay, Tennessee, they're I guess, somewhat of the favorites, and they're coming off a really memorable run. The Colts, I don't, I don't have high expectations for Rivers, but that roster is built very well, and we talked about the coaching staff. I think they're going to be competitive. Houston, we're just waiting to see if they're going to finally collapse, and the Jaguars. Jaguars might be this year as Miami, where they might lose some games like 41-7. to So that's why I think all four teams are somewhat interesting in their own way, even though I think quality-wise, this might be the worst division in football. But I think there's enough storylines and moving pieces where it's like, okay, there's actually some entertaining things going on. I hate to be this guy. Do the Jaguars deserve to have a football team? <laughs> Man, that is hard. Yo, I'm sorry. They, they're, they're bottom five in attendance pretty much year in, year out. Their owner has a ties to the Premier League and professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, shouts to, to the Khan family. I'm, yeah. I'm loving all the, the other stuff that they're doing. But Trying to get Fulham back in the Premiership. Man, yeah. I just I just think of this team. And right now, if you were to tell me, I would put, and I know it's not saying much, but they're, in my eyes, the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah, I'd say so. Jets might give them some competition, but I think Jaguars are slightly worse. So... I don't know. I just think there's some teams that some cities 
that and th- this is gonna be very telling to see if if we have Jaguars Nation on board with oh, VM. I don't even know what's what's their like what's the tagline for them. No idea. Yeah, like SB Nation's one's Big Cat Country, which is kind of a lame name. Well, isn't it Duval? Oh, yeah. It is. For some reason, I thought once Jalen Ramsey got traded, that was gone. Yeah. I feel like Jalen Ramsey is like the face of that, but now. Who and it was Saxonville. That oh, one yeah, with really Clias Campbell with the baseball swing. So, I don't know, man. I just feel like the Jaguars, it's just, there's nothing to be but excited about. they're kind of like about. Miami, though. In a way, it's like, okay, are they going to be a team that just totally tanks? Like, how long is Doug Morogo? Who I'm shocked still there. Like, that's why it's they're kind of fascinating, just because they might, I don't know if they're going to tank, but you're going to see some games where it's like, you know, you, you, play, D, you play DFS, so you're going to target the Jaguars. It's not like their defense is that good. Mm-hmm. You don't know if Ngakwe is going to be back. Other than that, who else they really have? The secondary. Well, think about it. They've lost a lot of pieces. Campbell, yeah. they lost Ramsey, both corners. Yeah. Um, Tovin Smith's still out of the picture. Like, all the guys, like Miles Jack. Josh Allen and Gakwa, you don't know if it's coming back. Josh Allen had a really good fucking year last yeah, year, man. Good. It's just that, you know, you play on Jacksonville right. and there was no buzz around him. I know if you do a tail of the tape between him and Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. those numbers are very, very similar. But Niners go, what? Would they go 13 and 3, 14 right. and 2, and they're the one seed and then the talk of the league mm-hmm. in the a- a- NFC side. So I don't know, man. I think this division, I'm a little higher on the Colts than you are. And I think that's a nice segue into my biggest addition. It, for me, it has to be Philip Rivers. Okay, it's not for me. All right, but for me, it's Philip Rivers because I think a lot of shit went bad for the Chargers last year, and it started early when Derwin James was out. Pretty much the first what ten games of the year. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry out too. Melvin Gordon hold out. You you could just chalk up to forty percent of the offensive line being injured by week right. three because that's always the case. Okung had like three different injuries. Yeah. So when I look at when I look at the roster, it's not we're not that far removed from how we felt about the Colts last year, like I opened with with Andrew Luck, and obviously Rivers is nowhere near what Andrew Luck is at that point of his career. But you add a player like Philip Rivers into that roster. And they do a lot of things that fit his skill set, right? They have a tight end that's reliable in Doyle. I know they lost Ebron to Pittsburgh, but T.Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. Paris Campbell, who I'm still high on. They drafted a wide receiver, Pittman. Pittman, who a lot of people are very, very optimistic about. You get a running back in Jonathan Taylor, right? It was Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, drafted from Wisconsin. Uh, people were kind of iffy on the pick just because second round running back when you have Marlon Mack already, but uh, based on his tape, he is very exciting. Yeah, dude, I think, you know, he's a, he's a very underrated... I don't know. Was he underrated? Like, is he under... Like, is he flying under the radar Who? right now? Jonathan Taylor. I think a lot of people loved him coming out. I so do. I was, so I wouldn't say he's underrated. I just think the fit's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. They're not expecting to be there. Yeah, you would have thought maybe they get more of a scat back, mm-hmm. uh, a pass-catching running back. Or keep addressing the defense. Because defense, I think, is slowly becoming solid, but there's still some moving parts. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't blow you away. Like, they have some game changes, but I think they could do a little more, particularly in the secondary. The thing I like with Rivers is it has to be the best offensive line he's ever played behind. <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah. And that alone is going to get him rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. I'm a big... I don't know if it's a, a false narrative, the right narrative, but re- feeling rejuvenated when you go into a new situation. And 
I think Rivers has a lot left in the tank. I think he just needed a change of scenery, and it's indoors. It's a very favorable division compared to what he was in AFC West. Like, there was no chance they were going to win that division, whether he was there or not. Now, in my opinion, and I know the sports books agree, they're the favorite to win the South. Or Tennessee. It's like it's like really? a $10 difference. Plus I think I'm higher in Tennessee plus, than most people. Plus 160. So. so for me, I think it's it's Phillip Rivers. I'm not ready to sell my stock on him. And also in the event that, you know, it's completely done, like he's completely shot, he's still got a favorable backup situation. Yeah, I like Brissett. I like more than most people. It's just I think Brissett, at times, he takes too many sacks. Like mm-hmm. He has that Tyrod Ty Taylor syndrome where he holds the ball for too long and then he gets sacked and there's potential for more turnovers. But... Comes addition, I gotta go DeForest Buckner. I love me some DeForest Buckner. I think he's one of the top interior tackles in the league period, whether you want to look at it from a pass rushing standpoint or just the way he plays the run. I just think Colts kind of need that centerpiece. Okay, Darius Leonard looks like a top five linebacker. He just makes all the plays. But I think someone up front, you know, you put him with you know, Justin Houston's kind of aging at this point. Take what you can get from him. I just think getting that centerpiece, getting someone that could just blow up inside, I think it's a big addition for him. You know, obviously Rivers, there's value to it. But I'm just very skeptical of Rivers at this point. Like, his arm strength looked shot last year. He was throwing the ball in the traffic a lot. Like, it comes up, especially over the middle. Like, he just, I don't know. He just put the ball in harm's way. I know with Frank Reich's offense, they're, I think they're going to go with a more conservative approach. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Indy was more actually of a run first team this year, given you know, the investment in Taylor and Marlon Mack still productive with that offense line. So that's why I think you might see Rivers' pass attempts lower, which would be a good thing. Try to keep his. You, know, you want that interception total to be below 20 <laughs> after what happened with Rivers last year. He just, he, I don't know. Like the, look, we love Phil Rivers because he's so fearless, but there comes a point when your arm is fading, which is clear, and it's not like outside of T.Y. Hilton, they don't really have many deep threats. So that's why I can still just see the Colts being more of a run-first team. That's why I think a guy like Buckner, who could really elevate that defense in a division where you know there's still some threats. You look at Watson and you know, Tannehill's doing his thing. And, I don't know. I've always just been very high on Buckner. I was kind of surprised San Francisco made that move. But then again, you, know, you look how stacked they are, especially with Eric Armstead's emergence, re-signing him. So, yeah, I think that he was, that was pretty much – Colts were the only team to really do much in this division when it came to addition. So, I think it had to come from them, but I'm going Buckner. No uh, love for one Brandon Cooks. Man. The most overrated wide receiver of our generation. Him and Sammy Watkins. Same draft class. Ah, oh, but I'm a Sammy Watkins guy, but th- th- that contract is rough. Yeah. I uh, don't like either of them. <laughs> Not one bit. Uh, b- look, Brandon Cooks has been on four teams in five years, and you can't tell me he didn't have coaching staffs. Talking about three exceptional coaches. Yeah, geniuses. Hall of Famers future potentially and then you have the young guru himself sean McVay, and the quarterbacks he played with i know jared Goff kind of fell off a cliff last last mm-hmm. year yeah. but Still. dude you're playing in a system that elevates jared Goff, mm-hmm. and let's not forget man i still hold that monday night football game that he went toe-to-toe in prime time against pat mahomes and he outdueled him he's outdueled um he had that monster game against the vikings he outdueled drew Brees in the superdome and Brandon Cooks is on like you know, I just I just think he is what he is, man. He's a he's a. The fact that he's viewed as such an expendable player is very. Concerning. That's what I'm yeah. saying, dude. I think teams tell you a lot about players, but we just don't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. And no one knows players more than the people that draft them, keep them in house. You see them every yeah. day, 
and and like the Saints, man, this is a that's a top organization for them mm-hmm. just to be like, yo, first round pick, all right, man, peace. Yeah. You Patriots, know? Patriots uh, also, yeah. Rams, just yeah. like, yeah, whatever, go. Yeah, he's just a deep threat. That's it. And it's ironic that they take a deep threat when they have arguably, besides Tyreek Hill, the best deep threat in the league, Wolf Filler. Yeah, it's a weird fit. It is a very weird fit. I feel like a lot of the receivers that the Texans have right now all do the same thing. And then, I mean, it was it was minus 6,000 that the biggest subtraction w- would be DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I do want to drive this point down. When you have something special like Watson and Hopkins, I talked to my buddy Maldo, who lives in Houston. He's a big Texans fan, fan of the show. Shout, shouts to Maldo, man. He told me one time in response to a tweet that I had, I was like, yo, I felt as if Watson and Hopkins were like homies. And I always say this about fans. If you can be objective with your team, you can bring a lot to the table, right? I don't follow the Texans as much as he does because he's a fan. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the Falcons as well as you do because you cover them, number one, and two, you're a fan. So you know them really well. And I value your opinion when Mm -hmm. it comes to the Falcons more than anyone else that I know. Mm-hmm. So going back to that with the Texans, I asked him, I was like, yo, man, am I right? Am I wrong? He's like, dude, you couldn't be more right. It's every commercial Watson would do, he'd be like, yo, I want D-Hop in it. Anything D-Hop would do, he's like, yo, I want Watson in it. There was never any reports about, oh, man, I need the rock more. Or, man, you know, he's running the bad routes or, or whatnot. And Watson was peppering him with targets. He's one of the most targeted wide receivers in the game. And... To me, it's it's him and Julio, 1A, 1B. And I will put Michael Thomas right behind them. Oops. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I know that might be controversial, but... <laughs> I don't think it's controversial at all. I, I just think from a talent level, when you have someone special like, like D-Hop, you don't just give them away, man. You don't just give them away. And especially, I think the biggest tell as to why this is such a big subtraction is how his teammates responded. Everyone's shocked. Everyone's pissed. No one came out and be like, yo, you know what? D-Hop's a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, no one, you know, There's no one. no random no, sources. Yeah. No one pulled a Greg Jennings yeah. when he left the Packers. He's like, yo, fuck Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. It's like, nah, man. Like, yo, everyone loved this dude. And right. what about durability? There was a graphic in the playoff game against the Chiefs. It's like he's missed like 17 snaps in his career. Never leaves the field. Yo, he never leaves the field. Mm-hmm. And that guy has had to deal with a shitload of trash at quarterback. No one else has dealt with trash quite like him. And to just continue to be productive and you finally, finally get him a quarterback with some fucking grapefruits mm-hmm. and to just give him up, man, I think that is, that's huge. You talked about it too, about how special quarterback wide receiver dynamics oh, yeah. are. Yeah, that's that relationship. Like Watson was on the Ringer show a few weeks ago and he talked about how he still has a close relationship with Hopkins and they're looking to do stuff in the community. I think there'll always be a special connection with Hopkins in Houston. It's easily the biggest attraction. There's no disputing that i just wonder how houston's offense operates now it's i feel like there's gonna be a lot of times now where watson's just gonna have to make like these out of structure plays where he's just gonna be running back there and just making plays with you know out of the pocket just flinging up there where it'd be fuller cooks Cobb, uh kenny oh stills shout out to kenny stills by the way find a good fight yeah uh, we gotta give him some love i don't know if he's gonna be on a team because i think if any those receivers get traded it'll probably be him just because he's kind of like the odd man out because mm-hmm. Fuller is still value. They put a lot of stock into him. They do, yeah. Cooks, they just trade for, and Cobb, <laughs> that contract. So I think Stills, if there was one to four receivers out of them that would get traded, probably be Stills. So, but it's just a weird offense where it's just like, all right, you can't. None of these guys make contested catches. 
you know, all right, they do create separation, but you know, there's still question marks about the offensive line. I know Tunsil, uh, he's very good. He got rightfully paid, but uh, just Houston, the fact that you just get rid of someone like Hopkins who could literally make all the plays. Like I don't think there's a better contested catch receiver than Hopkins. Like He doesn't have to create separation. This guy knows how to win the ball at the catch point, and he is physically imposing. He will bully corners. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a receiver go at – Jalen Ramsey like did. I know Julio got the better of Ramsey at times, but that was more just off route running and speed. Hopkins, I'm talking about, will physically go at it with him at the line of scrimmage. So just letting a receiver of that caliber go, especially considering, you know, you're trying to compete with the likes of Kansas City and Baltimore, it makes zero sense to me. So yeah, it's easily the biggest attraction. I don't know how you replace him. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. New, 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 new sponsor. Yes. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every single item starts at $0 and you only go up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signup on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code VM or DealDash.fm slash VM. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash V-M. Guys, this is a personal, personal sponsor and would greatly appreciate it if you guys go check them out. Show them some love and let us know what you think. Also, a returning sponsor, as always, shouts to Bet Online. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering on these teams than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champion Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'd be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online experts. Let me ask you this one. Let's follow up with that. Where would you rank Hopkins leaving Houston as far as biggest subtraction league-wide? This year or like No, this past... year, this year. Like this offseason. Ooh. I think it has to be. No- Is it number one? I would say it's number one. I, I think can, the I only one you can maybe I'm debate to the top of my head. would be Brady. But I think yeah. that's more the aura and the yeah. legacy. Like Brady, look, the Brady era in Tampa Bay is going to go one of two ways. He's going to be a 43-year-old quarterback. Or what's happened the last couple of years in New England, granted, they won a Super Bowl two years ago, but the big decline in his numbers, he could be like, yo, I got Godwin, I got Evans, mm-hmm. I got the tight ends. I needed some weapons, bro. So that's how I think that's going to go. And 
I think it has to be D Hop as the biggest subtraction. Because we've talked about a couple guys retiring. Uh, who have Travis Frederick? Mm-hmm. We mentioned. We mentioned Brady, obviously. Uh, maybe like Corey Littleton here and there. Like I'm trying to think of players that I've left that we already talked about in prior shows. Yeah, no one really comes to mind. I no think one left that was the un- not. I wouldn't say unanimous, but yeah, you know what? Unanimous top three player yeah, at his position. Perfect. That's kind of said better. So yeah. it's huge, man. I would yeah. put it number one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I don't know how they. That's good. I don't know how they replace him. It's just I think it's gonna be Watson just freelancing and just it, we'll see how. Like we know Watson's special, but let's see what he could truly make out of this. Like, is he gonna go Russell Wilson where it's just like okay, I forgot the supporting pass cast. I'll just I'm gonna make all the throws. I'm just gonna take put this team on my back. Like let's see now with Watson because that's why I think of Russell Wilson. I know he has some good receivers, but I think there's a lot of times where Russell Wilson just puts the team on his back and goes there. Now without. A true security blanket in Hopkins. I want to see what Watson could do. It's unfortunate the pressure's on like this, but that's the, that's the organization did to him. Nice little uh, segue into this for me when it comes to storyline. I think it is Deshaun Watson and what's going to happen this year with him. Okay. There's a guy who is due for an extension after this season. He's actually eligible for one now, but they're not going to pay him yet. I think you take a look at the landscape of the quarterback position with what Patrick Mahomes did. Man, I I think Watson is not getting the recognition I think he's deserving of because, man, I think he's an elite talent. I think what he brings to the table, I love the comparison of him and Russell Wilson where they make chicken salad out of chicken shit, as they say. Granted, look, having D-Hop, that's a better weapon than anything Russell Wilson has had. But if this guy could will them into the playoffs, you see, there, there's two guys whose odds from a betting perspective I really like to win MVP. One is Kyler Murray. One is Deshaun Watson. Now, ultimately, it's going to come down to who do I think has a better chance of making the playoffs? The roadmap for the Texans is easier, right? The division's Absolutely. a little weaker. Mm-hmm. The conference is a, is a lot weaker. Where, shit, the Cardinals got to get through that division at least, and that's tw- two gunfights, mm-hmm. two, uh, sorry, um, bar fights, mm-hmm. I should say, twice a year against Seattle and the Niners. And I think with Watson, you know he's going to want to show out so he can get his money. You know he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Is he, is he like, angry also? Like, yo, you give up Hopkins, bro, like we were just talking about? So I think what happens with Watson and the Texans is huge because... Yo, if shit hits the fan and they go like four and twelve, and he has a bad year, and, or if he gets seriously injured, or like, if he gets hurt, like they might be the worst team in the league if he get, if he goes down. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. AJ McCarron's coming in. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a new team. If it gets like really bad, right? Yeah. And you know of all the issues that they've had in the front office, the the shit with the owner, also yeah. O'Brien just being a legend, and Watson vouch for him. Right, he kept his job because Watson yeah. was like, "Yo, I love this dynamic." And then you 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 strip him of his main weapon, and then he gets hurt because yeah. that offensive line is still not mm-hmm. up to par. I wouldn't be surprised. I made a I made a bold take about um halfway through the year last year that he's gonna be the quarterback for the Patriots in two years. Thing is, you have to take into account who's gonna be calling the shots because if O'Brien falters, you assume they get rid of him. So it depends what the new coach comes in. How will they assess Watson? You know, that's why I'm not sure if he would bolt because you have somebody new coming in. 
who knows how they're going to you know, evaluate the personnel. Because it'll be interesting, like, will Brian lose general manager duties or lose general manager and head coaching duties? Because I just, I don't know, this blind faith in him. It's just every year, I don't know how it's still there. You watch that 4.30 January game, mm-hmm. wildcard weekend, and you're just like, why is he still here? Do you think he gets fired if they lost that game, the wildcard game? Because they were about to lose that game if it wasn't for that Watson miracle play and also Buffalo kind of. I don't think they do. No? No. He's just holding on. Yeah. <laughs> Teams are scared to fire their coaches. I think we've seen that across the league. Wow. Yeah. That's why, like, you know, when people are clamoring for certain people to go get jobs, like, why didn't this, like, uh, be enemy, right, mm-hmm. in Kansas City? Like, how come he didn't become a head coach? Maybe he likes being the coordinator for Bama Mahomes. And his stock is only going to nah, elevate. I think he won that. I say Cleveland. He, he could have fit there. To- totally. I'm with you. He's, Carolina. He's well deserving of being a head coach. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But, bro, how many coaches get fired every year? Five, six, right. roughly? So, maybe he's like, yo, let me just wait. I'm not going to disappear because we're going to win 11 games minimum mm. unless Pat gets hurt. And my stock's only going to continue to skyrocket because... I got the goat right now slinging right. for me. I can have any job I want next year. Mm-hmm. It's just when's the opportunity going to come? Well, I think the opportunity is always going to be there because of what I said. This is what organization, though. Like, it's a thing. Like, which Atlanta. Organization? Atlanta's definitely up there. You have to take them into account. Houston. Um, like, I think if, I'm still wondering, like, why in Dallas try to look into Hold on. What about this one? The Jets? Yeah, I don't know who wants to take that job, but you got Donald there. If you think True. you could, with him and think, Douglas, maybe. Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. I, I think that's a that's Th- a that's nice a, pairing. That's there. a two three year job, though. Yeah, and you heard the pitches. reports about how Allen Robinson hasn't been in contact with the Bears, and uh, Joe Caparoso, he's the he's a VP of Whistle Sports. I've had him on the show before. Mm-hmm. He was saying how that's his dark horse trade candidate, Allen Robinson going to the Jets. I think that could be something really interesting too. Damn, that'd be really good. Yeah, young guy fired up. What big like a wide receiver who's productive? Yeah. Yo, he's he's the best wide receiver I think no one talks about because he's had Blake Bortles and and Trash He, does, he doesn't get enough love. Yeah. <laughs> What's your biggest storyline? I I gotta stick with the Texans. I just think is this the year they fall apart? Is this the year where they go? I know when Watson went down, they obviously didn't make the playoffs but for most part over the past what five six years they've made the playoffs will this be a year where it's like okay they go five and eleven six and ten because you got to take into account their defense is not good like it was bad last year they were just clinging on the strings you know jj watt coming back clearly 100 percent you know i know they're getting merciless back but besides that like there's not much to get excited about their defense so i'm just wondering is this the year where you know if everything stays healthy are just they just clearly not good enough where they go six and ten you know Maybe seven nine, and it's just like okay, it's clear that te- Houston can't beat Tennessee or Indianapolis. Like they are clearly second or third best team compared to other years where it's like oh no, they're they've somehow managed to win the NFC South. Is this the year where it's like no, they cannot somehow win nine ten games and win a division? No, they're gonna go six and ten, and things are gonna blow up. So I just think ma- trying to see how they manage after such a tumultuous offseason because you just they were the punchline. You just every time they made a move. You know, it wasn't just the Hopkins. Like, that Randall Cobb siding, why? Mm-hmm. has not make any sense. David Johnson? Yeah, like, who Getting looks like in... damaged goods. Like, why? And what about this? They've traded three times for running backs in the past 18 months. Yeah. Carlos and Hyde. We love Duke Lamar, Johnson, but... Lamar Miller also, uh, Duke Johnson. 
And you just look at like this second there, you got Gary Conley and Vern Hargraves. They just washouts. Yeah, guys that fizzled out as first round picks with their former teams. So it's just there's not a lot to be excited about there. So I'm just wondering if either Watson somehow carries them nine wins or is this the f- year they finally fall apart? Let's wrap it up with the biggest X factor in the division. Uh, you know what? You go first, man. I feel like I've been opening them all up. For me, it has to be how Tennessee manages Derrick Henry's workload, who is now fully there, got his mm-hmm. long-term deal. I'm just wondering how they, through a 16-game process, like how are they going to work around it? Like, Will he get maybe more 18 to 20 carries rather than, say, 24 or 26? 30s, bro. He was getting well, like... Well, in the playoffs. I yeah, know. That's yeah, like yeah. a two-game. Like, they're just going... Right, right, right. I, I just wonder how... They managed to keep him fresh, make sure he doesn't exceed, say, 300, because we've seen running backs how they fade after 300, whether it be Larry Johnson or DeMarco Murray or even Michael Turner to some extent. Like, running backs that go over 300 carries, they tend to crash pretty bad. Well, I also think, like, Murray surpassed 400 touches, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Henry's not much of a receiving threat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, that's a guy who... When he's going to be on the decline, it's going to happen fast. It's going to go from like, you know, top five fantasy draft pick to like undraftable and quick, I think. It's going to bum me out. The, I the, love watching him play. That. Well, yo, let's go back to him in college, bro. Bama was running him to the dirt. And then he comes in with Tennessee in the last couple of years, the last two years, I, I think you could say. He's just been getting fed and fed and fed. And and look, it's working for them, right? They went on that run last year, and what they were doing was perfect for what they needed to do. And I just think a guy like Henry, I've seen it before. I've seen that big bruising running back just eventually. It's just going to like, when his stock like hits its ceiling, as far as like, yo, your body's going to break down, dude. When you're that big and your whole game is inflicting uh, punishment yeah. on the defense. He loves contact. Loves contact. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Edge, the wrestler, used to say, like, you only have so many holes on your bump card, mm-hmm. right? Like, a wrestler takes bumps. It's right. like, well, eventually that's going to it's gonna catch up to you, and it's going to catch up quickly yeah. before you know it. Mm-hmm. How many more 30-plus carry games or touch games does Derrick Henry have yeah. in him? That's why I think it's such an X factor because, like, okay, Tantanil had a redemption year. Look more comfortable, but you know, can they lean on? Will, will there be games where Tannehill has to throw 40, 45 times, and will they win? You know, he did it somewhat last year, but is this now going to be the year where they could go a little bit more balanced? Because it was clear, like at times, Mike Vrabel was worried to put the game in Tannehill's hands. So when they play those uh, top teams, because Tennessee, I assume, has a harder schedule, you know, how they're going to manage it? Because look, see, 16 games. They need him. He's the centerpiece of offense. They can't afford to have him lose any time, especially given that you know, Deion Lewis is now going. I don't know who's their backup, but I think given that he's such a difference maker, you know, trying to keep him within, I don't know, 250, 275, it's gonna be, that's going to be the biggest thing for me in the AFC South. Because I think when you look at just talent-wise in the division outside of maybe Watson, in terms of actual ability, maybe he's the best player in the division. Because you look at the Colts roster, look at the Jaguars roster, like just on what they've achieved, like Derek, what Derek Henry did, it's just absurd last year. Who'd you say was the best player in the? Oh, Watson, Watson, Watson. yeah, 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 yeah. Like I love Watt, but you know Watt's kind of faded mm. a little bit. You know, other than that, like I can't say anyone really on Houston. I can't say anyone really on Jacksonville. Hey, how about this? 
It, are you finally going to defer to TJ Watt being the better water? What? Yeah, it took, he, but he's great though. That's yes. the thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Like he's exceptionally good. I, I told, told you this week three last year. All right, I didn't think he was become like a fourteen sack guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. picking. He had a couple of interceptions. Yeah, he was like he be, he was the best player of your contender last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll definitely defer absolutely, to that, yeah. absolutely. Um, man, I agree with you. Now that I think about it, I uh, it's Watson and then it, it's it's Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. My X factor staying with the Titans. AJ Brown, man, what a difference maker he was. Have it started with you with your team? He lit up the Falcons that game. Doesn't say much, but yeah, I know. But <laughs> I, I remember he fucking destroyed the DFS slate that weekend. He just yeah. went, but he had like 150 yards in the first half and two touchdowns. I was like, all right, with with Mariota, there goes yeah, there, there goes the <laughs> Millie maker. But AJ Brown, I saw the statistic from PFF. Shouts to Taron, man, stat guy Taron, stat guy spicy. Led the NFL in receiving yards after play action. Oh, I thought it was gonna be yards after contact because I remember breaking a ton of tackles last. Well, time. he was eighth, eighth or ninth in that category. Okay. I can't find it in my notes now, but yeah, he was also a big yak guy. Mm-hmm. But combining the two things that we just spoke about, mm-hmm. you're you're saying Derrick Henry's um, workload and how they manage him. You know, a big part of A.J. Brown's success off play action was because people are putting eight people mm-hmm. in the box right. against Derrick Henry. And Tannehill got paid this offseason, and a lot of that was because of A.J. Brown's success. He's become the clear-cut go-to guy in receiving. Corey Davis is now, mm-hmm. you know? So I think if he could take the next step, because there's something about receivers, and I don't know if we've seen it much as of late. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there was that – Way back in the day, the sophomore slump with with wide receivers, and you know, you take a look at that rookie class of wide receivers last year. It was a pretty productive class. It's it's not 2014. There's but still a lot of talent. There's a lot of good yeah. talent there, and somehow the Patriots missed. It looks like right now. Yeah. I want Toy Ruffin to kill Harry, but you look at yeah. some of the talent between you know Slay McLaurin. That's right. You better fucking mention Slay. I, I just mentioned him. <laughs> uh, McLaurin. <laughs> I'm probably missing a bunch of guys right now. Oh, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, yeah. like. They've had that draft class has so much. Time. I don't know how many of them are going to transition to being guys like Mike Evans and Odell and yeah, Devontae yeah. Adams. Like I don't know if they're going to be top five guys, but you look at this receiving class, a lot of them are going to be productive for a long time. Shouts to David Gettleman, fifth round gem. He made it happen. <laughs> he made it happen. But yo, AJ Brown, I, I'm expecting big things from him. I think the connection with him and Tannehill was he didn't have it with Mariota, despite that one game that really jump started mm-hmm. his season. With Tannehill, it was just and. and I think he had about like 35% of the target market share, which when Tannehill's throwing 22 times a game, that's a lot, man. Right. You're talking about every other, every three throws, it's going to him. There was like a five week stretch where he had a touch of 40 yards or more every week. Yeah, he was just going off. Like, I remember the Saints game. I know they lost, but ew, he was torching the Saints. Yeah. I think he played a big reason why they're not going to beat Kansas City. And that was when Mahomes was healthy. That's right. That, well, that was also Mahomes' first game back, I believe. Or right. second. Yes. it was. I remember he just came back. Yeah. Because he got hurt in early November. But still, that was a game where Tannehill like, dove into the end zone, scored the game when he mm-hmm. touched on. So, yeah. I think I think this division's um, one of the more intriguing ones. Right. I don't think it's very good, but I think it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it could be like a 9-7 and seven That's always winner. the case. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I do think they could have two playoff teams with Tennessee and Indianapolis. You know, and we'll see what Houston does. Oh, no. No, the landscape of the AFC, I think, is a lot. I think there's a. I think the West put, puts out two teams. 
I think there's an extra playoff spot, but yeah, I oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I take that back. You're right. But I do get like the North and West do have some very good teams there. But, there's a case to be made that the North and West could put in. It wouldn't be surprising. That's probably the favorite, but you know, look, five in, teams <sighs> from those two divisions. Yeah, I'm a lot higher on the Steelers. We'll get to them in in, in a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. but yeah. I like it. Alan, where can they find you if they want to contact you? Alan underscore Sturk. That's A-double-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. Dude, we had to reschedule this week because you you also do another show. Promote yes. the other show, man. Locked on Falcons. Right now, we're doing our shootout. We're at the finals. I just lost in the semifinals. Lost in extra time. We had like this. It was 3-3, so what we do is over Zoom. You know how Zoom has like a chat thing? Mm-hmm. So it was like a question from the 2012 season. It was like, uh, besides Michael Turner's 60, yeah, 60 yard catch. I know, craziest thing ever. It was just a broken play. Somehow, 60 yard screen went for a touchdown. Besides that, like, who had the biggest reception against the Panthers in week four? And me and uh, my buddy Adnan shot to him. We both typed in Roddy White, which was the correct answer. His came in literally like one second before me, and he went through just because his laptop shot to Mac beat mine, HP. Yeah, so, come on, man. You got to get on the Mac. What I is this fucking 2008 shit you got going 2008, on? 2008, but, ouch. But, yeah, we're doing that right now. We used to interview Keevan Forney, who was the right guard for uh, six seasons. He was actually on. The, he played the whole time when Vic was there, so it was cool getting his experience. He was talking about some of the wild things he saw with Vic, especially that touchdown run against Minnesota where he made two defenders collide. Mm. So, yeah, it's been really fun. And, Getting back to that, it's just right now we're just with everybody. We're just waiting to see if there's a season because I don't know. Training camp's coming, and then preseason. There's only two games this year. We don't know what the landscape's going to be. But did you happen to watch the Victor Cruz, Cam Newton, Gurley? I've seen clips. I got to watch the whole thing though. Very interesting. Yeah, Cam. I leave that with Cam. Super impressed, bro. Cam like. His whole demeanor. If you guys haven't checked that out, shouts to Victor Cruz. I think Victor Cruz is one of the post-playing career guys that's doing really He's emerging, well. yeah. He's becoming a very big voice in, in sports media. Um, Cam's outfit, man. <laughs> t- yeah. Todd Gurley in that goes, man, you know, uh, they asked him about Matty I Ice, heard about this. And uh, he goes, man, I'm chilling, yo. The big hot head honcho is Julio. He's like... Worst comes to worst. I got Julio. I'm yeah. chilling. I was like, bro, that is the epitome <laughs> of me. When I put in my DFS lineups, I'm just like, I got Julio. Man, I, I saw Cam looking back at him. He's like, damn. Man. Like, Cam was just looking. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. I've seen him twice a year all those years. But, yeah, I got to check that out. It's cool that they put that together. Yeah. I think those are two, uh, four very popular players. And I think it's cool you look at Odell and Cam, two, I think, the most misunderstood players in the league. So, for them to get an hour-long platform is great. Bro. Todd Gurley is 25 years old. Yeah. Is he not the oldest 25-year-old athlete you've ever met? Man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's, a part, there's a part in that. And, yo, guys, it, this was a fantastic thing. If you haven't checked it out, it's called The Bigger Picture. Yeah. Go to Victor Cruz's Instagram and, and check it out. Yo, he goes, I, I like seeing these young guys blossom. It's like, bro, you're a young guy. He was in the 2015 draft class. Like, yeah, but you're 25, though. Yeah. Like, I can understand that if uh, Frank Gore says it. Um, Frank Gore. <laughs> Ancient Frank Gore. <laughs> I was thinking, like, hmm. Like, even Le'Veon Bell, I would say. Yeah, I, like, I was thinking maybe, yes, I'm trying to think of a running back. I feel like all the running backs are kind of young when you think about it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think Le'Veon Bell is a good Marshawn one. Marshawn Lynch. Oh, that's an old time. <laughs> 
But yeah, man, at the latest shows where you can find me, at Veterans of Home is where you can find the show. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star Frog Splash review, and we will catch you guys next time on the episode. Right off of your grill, Nikki too ill, can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain, I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.